All right, thank you guys. Y'all can have a seat. I'm glad you're here this morning. If you're a guest with us, we want to just extend another welcome and thank you for visiting with us today. And We hope that you have been encouraged uh, and experienced the love of God as you gather here with us through the people and worship and the message today. Uh, we hope everyone will stay for lunch afterwards. I know we have a number of people out sick today, so we really need your attendance down in the gym after lunch. Uh, after church today for the lunch. It's all the money that's going uh, to be donated by us at, for that lunch. We'll go to help our students, middle school and high school students, go on mission trips this summer. So uh, please plan to stay. There's going to be plenty of food, and those donations will be taken at the door. There's also some desserts up for auction, so we're going to have a good time together down there. Today we, uh, we're continuing in week four of our current sermon series, Life Together. And remember that in connection with this sermon series, we're in the proce process of of relaunching small groups here at KCOC, and if you want to be a part of those small groups, you're interested in that or interested in finding out more about that, uh, there's some sign-up sheets out at the Connections booth in the foyer. You can also go on to our church website and, and sign up online uh, if you're interested in that, and, uh, and you may want to ask questions. If you have those, you can see me or Robin Yeldale, Stuart McGregor about those questions. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5 just really quickly this morning here in just a minute as we read uh, a word from there. Before we do that, I want to uh, pray for our time together in God's Word, if you would bow with me. Father, we're thankful today. Uh, we pray again that you will build your kingdom in us, you'll set our hearts ablaze, and that you'll help us to live as your people here in this place that you've put us for very specific reasons and purposes, God. We long to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this morning as we gather around your word together that your spirit will open our eyes and help us to see what you want us to see and open our ears to help us to hear what you want us to hear. We pray through the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ and the church said, amen. So in this series, we have been looking at commands in the New Testament that are all followed by these two words, one another. And we're talking about our life together and how we live life together and how our interactions with each other impact each, you know, our, our lives as we grow up in Christ. And so we've talked about over the last couple of weeks loving one another. We've talked about uh, bearing one another's burdens. And then last week we talked about what it means to, to look and to value one another more highly than we value ourselves, looking not only to our own interests but also to the interests of others. And today I want to look at the practice of encouraging one another, or some, sometimes it's translated build one another up. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to read one verse together this morning. And it says, Paul says this, he says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Living your life as a committed follower of Jesus Christ can be challenging at times, which I think is probably the reason that this one another command, this one another word in Scripture is used around 109 times or so. I might have missed one or two, but it's around that number. It's used around 109 times in the New Testament because sometimes it can be difficult to be faithful in following Jesus. Sometimes it can be difficult to do the right thing. And all the time, it can be difficult to love our enemies and do some of these things that Christ asks us to do, valuing other, one another higher than we value ourselves, like we talked about last week. That's an incredibly challenging word 
that we receive in Scripture. To love God with all of your heart is a hard thing to do. It's an easy thing to say. It's a hard thing to do. Loving your neighbor as yourself, right? We get distracted. We lose focus. And we need encouragement because of that. But the problem is that I think when we hear the words encourage one another, that what we typically think of is different than what the Bible talks about when the Bible says encourage one another. And so today, I really want to kind of help us redefine what it means to think about encouraging one another, right? A lot of times we think about encouraging someone as often simply saying something nice to them, right? I like your shirt or congratulations on the new job or on making the team or getting that part in the play. Thank you. We might even think of just thank you as a word of encouragement, a response that is just really just, just, you know, to something that they may have done to us. A hug or an embrace might be a form of what we think about, you know, a, a physical form of encouragement. But but really, this is, though this is often how we think about encouragement, I think it's important for us to know this morning, this is not the way the Bible talks about encouragement. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul says that the church is to build each other up. In other places where this word is used, it is not surprisingly to you probably used to describe the building of houses. Now you know why these Legos, these bricks are up here on the stage. And one example of this The same word, build each other up. One other example in Scripture where this word shows up is in probably the most familiar place, I would guess, is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus says these words. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or woman who built their house on rock. When Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, that we are to encourage one another and build one another up. He uses these same words to describe to us what he wants us to do. Jesus uses the words to describe how to apply his teaching in our lives so that our, our lives get built on a solid foundation. That's what he's talking about, building your life, your house on a rock. And Paul uses the same words to talk about the way we are supposed to build each other up. So that the way that we speak to one another, the way that we interact with one another, is intended to to help build a solid foundation for each other. And I think this is a different way of thinking about encouragement of one another than what we typically think. When Paul uses these words in Matthew chapter 7, he's using them in a metaphoric sense to describe Christian behavior. But now instead, when Paul uses these words, instead of building our houses on a rock, we are building people up in their faith. You see the connection. This is how the Bible talks about encouragement, not some sweet sentimentality that we offer, right, that we express to someone. Not even really a polite I love you or a kind appreciation. Biblical encouragement is building others up toward Jesus, in the direction of Jesus Christ. And what the Bible knows is that faith is always something that happens with other people. Just think about this for a second. You have faith in Jesus because of someone else. Christian faith is a received faith, right, that you learned from someone. It was handed to you. I don't know if it was a grandmother for you or a parent 
or a sibling or an uncle or a cousin or a, a, a minister. I don't know who it was for you, but if you believe in Jesus Christ and you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have that faith because it was received first, in, li- alive in someone else's life, and then received from you, right? Christian faith always involves and happens with other people. It's, it may be interesting to you to know that the Bible actually never really talks about having a personal relationship with Jesus. What the Bible talks endlessly about is having a shared faith as a part of a community. This is a really important thing to think about. It doesn't mean that you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. It just means that when we read in Scripture, relationships and faith in Christ always seem to be centered around what's happening in the community of faith. And I think it's a fascinating thing to think about. We can't follow Jesus alone is what script, that's, that's what I hear when I, when I recognize that in Scripture. I think Scripture is saying you can't follow Jesus alone. You need other people. And this is why it matters that we're here, that we're gathering, that we're a part of what's going on. This is why it matters that you are in authentic relationships with other people in this church. Like I, I have amazing friendships all over the world with people, but I don't worship with those people every single Sunday, most of them. And we're, we, as a church, are living in a community, living in a relationship on a reoccurring, regular basis, which means that our relationships are different and unique than the other relationships that we share with those that are not a part of this particular church family. Something happens when we are together each and every week that does not happen when we are just hanging out with good friends, even Christian friends. What is that? What is it that happens when we gather each and every week? That is what we call church, right? Sometimes someone, you know, someone might say, but Doug, you know, I have had a meaningful spiritual experience in, at that event or in that place. And I would say, great. I, I, I would actually say I have too. I have had really meaningful spiritual experiences at worship gatherings and other places and with small groups of people. And even as I've traveled But there is a difference between those experiences and coming back to live in the everyday rhythms of life with you and you with me and with one another. In other words, it isn't that hard to be a Christian when you're on a mountaintop. Like, it's harder to be a Christian in the everyday life of following Jesus with other people. I I, I don't know about you, I would be an amazing Christian if I got to go and live in a cabin with Lana, I wouldn't want to go by myself, but with Lana in Rocky Mountain National Park, which is one of my favorite places on planet Earth, right? I would be an amazing Christian there. But the reality, and I've tried to convince Lana that the Lord has called me to do that, but she, <laughs> she wasn't feeling that from the Spirit. So here we are living with you um, uh, and uh, in community, right? In the everyday life of following Jesus, the reality is some days are hard. Some days are difficult. There are going to be struggles and hurts and tears, and we need encouragement, but I want us to hear again that we don't need just need encouragement, we need biblical encouragement. And I want us to redefine again this morning what it means to think about encouragement. Not just, I like your haircut, or here's a birthday card, though those things are fine. It's more than cheering somebody up. We need encouragement that moves the other person towards Jesus, that builds them up toward Jesus. And so to illustrate this this morning, I want us to look at these blocks that I have on stage with me. These blocks have been around a long time. You may not be able to tell that from where you're sitting. They've been around a long time, and they've been a lot of different things. They've been walls and forts and castles. 
Today what we have is supposed to be a house, if that wasn't obvious to you before you looked at it or before I said it. And for our purposes today, what I want you to, to think about is that each one of these blocks represents us, represents you, represents me. And what I want you to notice is that the way that the blocks go together, right? I think this is a, a picture of what is exactly happening and what it looks like for Christians to build one another up toward Jesus, in the direction of Jesus. Indiv individually, these blocks are not able to do much. They really, I mean, they, they, I don't even know what they would do by themselves. They would be table art or something, a centerpiece. But when you join them together, something else altogether becomes possible. And they can accomplish something great, but not only are they able to do something that they were not able to do themselves when they joined together, right? They can do something that we see that, but they are also stronger, right? If, if something comes along and attempts to knock this group of blocks down, there is some strength to them that they don't have if they're by themselves, right? We understand that something happens together, we are stronger together, and that that happens as we encourage one another in the direction of Jesus Christ. Because the thing is, guys, you know this, we know this, that storms are inevitable, and I've said it before. A storm is coming to this structure, and a storm is coming to these individual blocks. The storm is coming to both places in life. This is the reality of the world and the lives we live. But in one case, though they may face the same tragedy and the same force, the same life challenge, the same relationship struggle, the same difficulty with family or kids or marriage or your job or whatever it is, in one case, the individuals were strengthened, and in the other case, they were exposed. This is what it looks like, I believe, to build each other up, to encourage one another. We are stronger together. In fact, I'll take it even one step further. You can't really be encouraged and built up in the way that the Bible talks about, in the way that the Bible describes, without other people. I don't know if you remember that phrase, you know that old phrase that's been used, it's well-worn, uh, that when someone falls down or some go, someone goes through some difficulty in life, this phrase, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Anybody, anybody know that phrase? Have, have you ever actually tried to pick yourself up by your bootstraps? Like, it is actually impossible to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? If you ever fell down, you didn't get up by picking yourself up by your own bootstraps. Someone walked over to you and stuck out their hand and pulled you up to your own feet. And they might have even dusted you off and slapped you on the back and told you that you could do it, that they believed in you, right? There is, there, there is, is, you have to have other people. And this is what I believe that Scripture talks about when it talks about encouraging one another up and building one another up in the direction of Jesus. But there's one other element to biblical encouragement that I really want to talk about, that I've been really excited about talking about, that I think will help us redefine what it means to encourage one another and build one another up. And I'm indebted to, a Rick, to Rick Ashley, a preacher, and some, uh, some teaching that he did several years ago about this. Paul says that I learned from him. Paul says that 
uh, when we encourage one another that what is actually happening, again, is like the building of a house. We've talked about that. And what I want to think about for a minute in our time that's remaining this morning is what makes encouragement the kind of encouragement that the Bible talks about. What, what is it if I do, what do I need to do, right? I want you to leave with something that you go, I, I can do that. And so far I haven't given that to you. So what, what is it that makes the encouragement that we will give to one another and to others, what makes that biblical encouragement? Or to say it differently, how do we know that what we're doing is actually encouraging each other in a way that moves the other person toward Jesus? And I, I just think this is a huge thing. It's so important. And so I really, I want, I want to, I'm going to lay kind of something a little heavier on us here in the next few minutes. Two Christians talking to one another is not necessarily encouragement. Two Christians talking to one another is not necessarily encouragement. It's not the, the kind of encouragement, certainly, that Paul describes here in 1 Thessalonians 5. Because two Christians can talk about all sorts of things. But just because two Christians are talking to each other about the weather or about sports or about politics does not make that conversation Christian. And it certainly may not be encouraging, depending on your topic, right? What makes encouragement Christian is determined by what you talk about and who you talk about, if I were to add another sentence there. What makes it Christian encouragement, Christian conversation, what makes it Christian conversation is that you're talking about the kinds of things that are going to motivate each other, build each other up toward Jesus in the direction of Jesus. And if we're honest about our conversations, if I'm honest about my conversations, are we giving and receiving the kind of things from one another that are building each other up? Or have we settled and stopped short and settled for, for shallow conversations that are not life-changing to us. In our, and in fairness, I think most of us are not good at it because we've really never done it. And, and we're not, we've never done it because it really hasn't been modeled well by previous generations of Christians in some cases. No matter, that's for no matter how old you are, right? Many of us didn't see Christians that were older than us talking about things that really mattered about our faith what you know what, what can i talk about is it's it, we talked about our own it's our own you have a relationship with the lord and i have a relationship with the lord and we just kind of you do your thing and i'll do mine and we'll come together and we'll figure it out when we're together but but there's a lot of individuality in in the faith that many of us received and scripture is abundantly clear that faith is always shared it's it's communal it's 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 intended to be something that's that's experienced as we gather together, as we spend time with one another. There's a verse in Hebrews that talks about this. The writer of Hebrews says, And let us consider how, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. And now this verse, for many of us, was used to describe or to, to teach or to preach about missing church, right? <clears throat> you know, don't, don't forsake the assembly, don't give up, in the, don't, you know, forget, don't not be, always be in the habit of meeting together, right? That's, that's what many of us heard it. But this verse, I need you to hear me say, is not about shaming people for missing church, though you should be in church. 
That's not the way most of us have heard it talked about in the past. I, don't, I mean, that is the way most of us have heard it talked about in the past, and I don't think that's what this verse is about. This verse, I think, is trying to point out that something happens when we gather that cannot be duplicated or replicated outside of worshiping with the body. And notice, the point of this verse is not, I encourage you to go to church. Notice that. The point of this verse is, go to church so that you can encourage one another. You see the difference? It's not, go to church so that you can, you know, so I, I, don't, I encourage you to go to church. It's, go to church so that you can encourage one another. It's not about you. It's about the other people that you're gathering with. It's about the community. It's about the experience that we share together. He says, let us consider how we can do this. In other words, give it some thought before you get here. Right? If you come in only expecting to receive but not to give, then you might be going about it wrong. What are you going to say or what are you going to do that builds someone up in the direction of Jesus Christ? What steps can you take to move your conversations away from shallow, easy things to talk about to a level that might be considered biblical encouragement. We can do this. This is a practical step that all of us can take, but many of us were not taught to do this, church. But we can do it, but it will require a commitment. How do we talk about things that are moving one another toward Jesus? And this, is, this is what I want to leave us with as we, as we wrap up. How do we do it? What, what, you know, what does it look like, and how do, how do I go about it? This is not like you know, I don't know if this will be like mind-blowing to anyone else because it's really a simple idea, and it's this. Someone has to go first. Someone has to go first. If biblical encouragement is going to take place, if building one another up toward Jesus Christ is going to take place, someone has to go first and be the first block to lay themselves down and join their life with other people. We have to be willing to do what... And to talk about what would be spiritual things. Be willing to start a conversation that might be considered biblical encouragement. And he, here's some just ideas. And these are not intended to be all the ideas that are out there. They're just intended to get you thinking about ways to think about this topic. Maybe some ideas are that you talk about what you're reading. Which assumes you're reading something or reading scripture. Talk about something that you heard recently someone else talk about. So, talk about something that's been on your heart that... The Lord put there, right? It's okay for us to say, and many of us maybe weren't raised with that kind of language, but the Spirit of God is living in you and brings things to the surface of your heart, mind, and spirit, and those things need to come off your lips, and they need to bless other people. There are things that are on your heart that other people never hear because you have fear about sharing those things, and I want to encourage you in the direction of Jesus Christ, that what will happen when you share those things that are on your heart, that you're learning as you read outside of this gathering, learning as you study or listen to other sermons or listen to other programs, whatever it is that you do to self-feed, because I'm hoping that we're not only getting the feeding that comes in this few minutes, right? We're doing some self-feeding outside of this time. Whatever those things are that are encouraging and feeding you, talk about them. Another one is, is share your testimony. God, that, that doesn't actually require you know a lot of 
scripture or that you read a lot of scripture, but you have a story. Every one of us has a story about how God has worked in your life through the struggles that you went through, that you're going through, and how those how you came through those, right? Somebody needs to hear how you came through your struggle because they're going through the same struggle and they're wondering, is anybody else going through this right now? And they don't know because they haven't had an opportunity to hear it come off your lips. Share your testimony. Talk about a need in your own life, right, which requires some vulnerability. That, that's one way to lay yourself down and be the, be the one to go first. What's a need in your life? How are you in need of other people to pray for you. It's not a sign of weakness to ask someone to pray for you. It's a sign of strength that you believe that what will happen in that prayer is that they, the person who pray for you, and you, the person who receives the prayer, will both be built up in the direction of Jesus Christ. Right? It's a sign of strength to say, will you pray with me this morning? I mean, that is part of why we gather, right? I mean, the sermons are great, the worship is great, communion is amazing, but the reason we gather is to be encouraged and to honor God. And if we're coming here and we're leaving with things on our heart and no one prayed for that, may I encourage you to take a step away from your fear and into faith in Jesus Christ and allow your heart and someone else's heart to be encouraged. Talk about something that you're learning from Jesus or ask a question, the question that you've been wanting to ask in a Bible class or in a conversation that's happening in maybe one of our gatherings. Maybe you've been wanting to ask the question out loud for years, but you've never done it because you think it's a silly question. It isn't a silly question. It needs to be asked because someone else may have the same question, and they're wondering, am I alone in this? Am I the only one that has doubts? Am I the only one that doesn't know if prayer works? Am I the only one that struggles with this? With that relationship, with the family thing that's going on, you are not in it alone. The message that we have heard is, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're in it on your own, and the rest of us don't really know. You know but that's, that's not the message of Scripture. That is the exact opposite message of Scripture. Talk about something you're learning or ask a question about something to someone that you have a relationship with here. Learn from each other. That's what encouragement looks like. As we are moved in the direction of Jesus Christ. I heard this quote this week from a speaker named Karen McJimsey, and she said, In God's economy, encouragement breeds encouragement. And I love that. God's economy operates in a different way than the world economy operates. But in order for this to happen, for encouragement to breed encouragement, for your encouragement to grow into encouragement for someone else so that they can encourage someone else, someone has to go first. Maybe you go first to God's word so that you are filled, you're spending time in silence and paying attention to what you hear. You, you start When you go first, you start a chain reaction so that all of a sudden, before you know it, bricks have been laid on top of bricks and we got a structure that's being built right before our very eyes. Be the first block in the structure that is being built. Be the block that starts the chain reaction. If you need encouragement, start the cycle of encouragement. That's what this quote is about. And so your homework today, this week, this month, this year, is to go first. 
when it comes to encouraging one another in the direction of Jesus Christ. Let us consider, let us think about how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How can I prepare myself? How can you prepare yourselves on Saturday night that instead of dragging in and sort of going through the motions, it's okay if we have some weeks like that. I have weeks like that, and I still got to get up, get to, you know, get up here and preach. I'm not saying it's not okay to have weeks like that. You may be the one who needs to receive the encouragement that day, but on your day when you can pull yourself in with some, you, you had a chance to consider ahead of time how you might spur one another on, how can you do that ahead of time and be prepared to come an encourager? Because what happens here is we prepare our hearts and then we get launched into the rest of the week, right? I mean, what happens here is unique and special and important, but what happens here is really kind of a breeding ground. It's the place where we get encouragement so that we can go encouraged. Encouragement that breeds encouragement. I come prepared. I come prepared. We come prepared to speak to people, to call people by name, to build them up. This is a place to practice that, to be first in showing vulnerability and saying, I need someone to pray with me. I'm hurting today. I'm struggling today. And then as we get that here, we take that mentality into the week, offering it to others that we encounter. And what will happen over time, Scripture says, is that we will find that blocks are being added on top of blocks, and the structure that Christ is building, because of the encouragement that you gave will resemble something that you were unable to accomplish on your own. The steps that you took to build one another up and move another person toward Jesus will help them in their faith as much as it will help you in yours. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful this morning that we are a part of a community that is alive because of your spirit that is at work within each and every one of us that is doing something in us that brings us together collectively to accomplish something that we could never accomplish on our own. God, may we receive encouragement today so that we can go out and live lives of encouragement tomorrow. May we be willing this day, this week, this month, this year to go first, to model for people what it looks like to live this kind of life. We pray through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would stand with me this morning. So every week I say this, and every week I mean it, but we really provide this time after the sermon every single week. The teens are leaving to go prepare for lunch, so you're going to be encouraged that way if you stay, and we want you to stay. But every week we, we gather here, and this time, I, I really, I want us to think about this time not as like, the bow that we're tying up on the end of the, ser- the worship service, like, okay, worship, you know, we did the singing, we did the communion, we did the sermon, lunch is next, we got to wrap, we got to wrap this thing up, so we got to have one song to do that in the shepherd's prayer, right? This is a great time to be an encourager, and it may be that you do that in a public way, and I'll, I would love to pray with you here, you may find somebody else, those are the words I say every week, and I mean them every week, right? Or you might grab somebody in the foyer afterwards, whatever it is, May we, may we come, and as, as we come each week, may we be sure that we leave 
having received encouragement. And if there's something that we come with that we need someone to pray about, pray with us about. Let's make sure we do that. That's why we're here. Let's do that as we sing this song together.